Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas B. Dorian. Yes, sir. Tom, it's so good to have you here. It's good to be here. So now it's time to have that little sort of segue or transition into the show topic. There's no small talk. We're just going to jump in. Right. And so the show topic is horse manure. Horse manure. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do. <laughs> That's probably not a good segue to bring up in a cafe. No, no, not particularly. But yeah. I, but I, but but I you're do going it, with it. But I because I love a good challenge. Okay. I, a, a, the gauntlet was laid down before me. In an, in an email. I, I see that. Oh. <laughs> Got an email. Okay. And uh, by the way, send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com if you want me to uh, This talk is the about one your... we talked about the other day. Well, we've, we've, talked, about, we've talked about this guy. He, this, we mentioned on our show, we, we talked about uh, Dave in Connecticut, and he was talking about blueberry pancakes. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So I sent him a nice thank you note for, for reaching out to us. And then he listened to the show. We did a show not so long ago about listening. And he listened. He listened to that show. And so he well done, Dave. He sent me his thoughts about that. He said in an email, Deacon Jeff just caught your show from uh, previously on listening. Mm-hmm. You make an excellent point about how we just don't listen anymore. Now, by the way, Dave, that was actually the Pope that made that point. That wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I agree with the Pope. Yeah. But it was the Holy Father who was pointing That's out the fact, a good thing, by we the way. don't listen anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes on to say, way too much noise in our lives. Then he says, uh, this is Dave speaking, for listening to happen, I need to find a quiet place. For me, that is the barn unless I go to a nearby chapel. And I, you know, chapel's nice. I don't have a barn. You have a bar- you don't I don't have, have a barn. barn? No. All right. Well, I guess, but he lives, and he says here, I live in Connecticut with my wife, three cats, and four horses. There you go. I, I have learned that horses can teach us great life lessons. All right. This is where it gets good. Did he One, get kicked in the head or something? Well, this is close. One such lesson is humility, as in mucking stalls. Now, I don't, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know what the word mucking meant. Did you Google it? I've, I, well, I've heard somebody say to muck something up or mess it, whatever. It's like, it's, it sounds like mess. Right. But mucking a stall apparently is cleaning the stall. Oh. So gotcha. that would imagine. Horse that would, You'd be, right, a shovel. You there know? you go. Um, and so, uh, let's see. A couple of city boys here. He says, one such lesson is humility as in mucking stalls. Trust me, four horses can serve up a good deal of humility on a daily basis. <laughs> there is a small mountain of humility behind the barn. <laughs> Which, I, I love that. And he goes That's on, great. he, he compl- compliments us and you. He says, I love the way you use humor, humor in your show. Tom's comments work nicely with the way your points are made. Uh, which so there you go. Shout out to wow. Tom Dorian from Dave. Thanks. But Dave. then he says this. He lays down the challenge. He says, "I challenge the two of you <laughs> to do a show about humility and somehow work horse manure into it." <laughs> so Dave, we have done that. We are doing that. And he goes on to say, "The horse people out here listening will get it right away and start to chuckle. The rest of your audience may be motivated to go volunteer at an equine rescue facility. They always need help and become better Christians, helping horses, being out there, uh, doing whatever you can do." Uh, and he says, just trying to help based on my humble experiences at the barn. And it's signed Dave from Connecticut. I like Dave. I like Dave. So Dave's got a good I sense of humor. Dave. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm. We should openly extend Dave a guest host spot. Come on. Uh, at the Catholic Cafe. So bring, if you find bring yourself. Some blueberry pancakes. Yeah. Well, we'll serve them if Dave, yeah. Dave shows up. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Dave wants us to talk about humility. And the way he finds humility in life 
is mucking a barn. Mucking the stalls where the horses are. And they give him lots of humility on a daily basis. Yeah. And there's a pile of it back there behind the barn. So of all the people in the world that I know, I know you can somehow or another pull this together. So we're going to pull together. We are. We're going to talk about this whole concept of humility and where it comes from. I'm on the edge of my... Seat. Nogahide, no, authentic. <laughs> it's not horse. Authentic it's, faux Nogahide. There you go. I'm on. I'm on it. <laughs> so here's how we're going to do that. First, I, I guess we should talk about the word humility. Okay. Where that comes to us from. Mm-hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas says that we get the word humility from uh, humus, H-U-M-U-S, a Latin word, which means earth. Right? Okay. Which which means earth. And, um, and also, as you think about it, um, earth, you've ever heard that expression of a person being down to earth? Yes. Right? Being humble. Yeah. To be a humble person is to be a down to earth person. That's true. Right? So, humus is that word that we use for, for the ground below us, the earth. Okay. But also, if you're a gardener, I know you're a gardener, don't you? you no, go a little there, bit. A little bit. Enough to be dangerous. Whenever you're angry at God, you go out there and I'm you. More like a landscaper. Yeah, you like to like, go out there in the middle of the. You dig up trees. And oh, I'll get out there and get Plant in them two feet dirty, to the yeah. left of where they were. Love it. Yeah, because yeah. you like to pray that way, don't you? I do. Yeah, see, <laughs> I'm praying that it will end. I'm praying that, life, Lord, take me now. I don't want to do like pulling weeds and stuff. Don't want to be out in that. That's why I had so many kids, by the way. That's work. Oh, yeah, yeah. they, they so, take care of that. <laughs> exactly. That's right. So, um, but if you're a gardener, uh-huh. you know what humus is. When you go to the gardening center, mm-hmm. you can buy bags of humus. That's true. And it's like, and I didn't know this till I was studying humus a while back, and it's like, oh, there's a reason why it's called that, because it's this rich... And and fertile earth, earth. Mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's like r- nutrient rich stuff, and and actually humus is part of our own soil, and and how the ground is made. If you go to uh, if you go to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. the world famous resource, mm-hmm. on one of the entries there, it describes what humus is. It says humus is the dark organic matter that forms in the soil when plant and animal matter decays. Humus contains many useful nutrients for healthy soil, nitrogen nitrogen being the most important of all. So it's like this rich, this nutrient-rich soil in yeah. which things grow, yeah. right? F- fertile soil, the mm-hmm. good stuff, not, oh, yeah. not that hard-baked clay that you try to, you know, raise tomatoes in or whatever, and you right. can't do it. But this is that rich stuff. They don't get stuff. that kind of stuff in Connecticut. We got it down here. Though. Well, they got a lot more of that humility piled up behind they got the barn. More humus than right, we, and they we can do stuff with it, right. apparently. But, it, but, it, but, but you know, you've seen that when you turn yeah. the soil, that, that yeah. rich, dark stuff yep. that, that comes up. And, and what's so cool about that is where that comes from, mm-hmm. how it gets nutrient-rich is from when plant and animal matter decays. Now, think about that for a second. We're, we're talking about our own humility. Mm-hmm. It's only in our humanity, when our humanity is allowed to be destroyed or knocked down or torn down to the point. I shouldn't say it that way because it's good to be a human. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess our selfishness, our pride, mm-hmm. the obstacles that we put up to God, when we allow that to decay. Mm-hmm. So our selfness decays. Mm-hmm. So when our that animal matter, when that decays, our selfishness it turns into rich and fertile soil that when we become humble, right, when we get down to earth, we are receptive to God. But then also we are rich and fertile ground for God to plant seeds, mm-hmm. to, for them to be nourished by the Holy Spirit and for there to be fruit to grow forth. Yeah. Right. And then also we're rich and fertile soil for God to use us 
for other people to be uh, to to reap the benefits mm-hmm. of that which grows out of our rich and fertile soil that is f- from our decaying pride right right and so you start to see this connection with and where we get that word humility from but also you know that uh, if you've been to uh, adoration with uh, with benediction at yeah. the end of it yeah when the um, the deacon or the priest or the bishop, whoever's doing the benediction, mm-hmm. when they as they get ready to elevate the monstrance and do the blessing mm-hmm. over the people with that monstrance with the blessed sacrament contained in it, they put on this thing called a humeral veil. Right. And that humeral veil goes around their shoulders, wraps around their hands, and then they hold the monstrance uh, with that humeral veil being there in between their hands and the right. monstrance. Right. And the point of that, again, is we see humility. Mm-hmm. It is not the, the power of the priest or the deacon or the bishop. It's not the, the human being there that's blessing the people. It's God Almighty. Right. All the blessing comes from God through the blessed sacrament. Right. God's living presence in this world is blessing us and not the man that holds it. Mm-hmm. And so that's important. And so that's where we get that word, the humoral veil comes from, all from that same root of, of, of humus, which is like down to earth. Right. Right. And so that's kind of neat. And we start to realize that humility really is, that's a necessary and fertile soil for us mm-hmm. to live, to live in and to be and to do, uh, to do God's work. It's necessary for us to be humble. And usually it's us that gets in the way. Right. You know, I, I think about, there's a couple of great uh, Bible stories, parables. Mm-hmm. The prodigal son, yeah. right, in, uh, in, in chapter, well, that prodigal son's in Luke, mm-hmm. uh, in the 15th chapter of Luke, and then also the workers in the vineyard in the 20th chapter of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And in both of those stories, we see God's mercy. So the workers in the vineyard, the guy goes out and he's looking for workers in his vineyard and he goes out at different times of the day. And then he ends up paying the people who came in the last hour, the same as he had paid the people who worked all day long, who had agreed to a day's wage. Right. And so the stories are about God's mercy. And see, God loves everyone. And even if at the end of your life you want, you want to turn to him, you can go to heaven and get the, the full reward. Right. Right. And so we see God's mercy playing out there. And yet still those stories have like a grumbling whiner. You know, why didn't I get more? I worked longer. I worked harder. You know, and you start to realize that's not what the Bible says, by the way. It doesn't sound like that when you read it. But but I guess the point is that story, even in the face of mercy, there are people who their their sin of pride is I worked harder. I should get more. Right. It's about me, not about that other person getting the benefit of a day's wage for only having worked an hour. What about me who worked a whole day? Shouldn't I get more? Yeah. It's about me, right? And the same thing with the prodigal son. Prodigal son wastes all his dad's money, goes off and, and, and blows it. You know, famine strikes and he comes home, tail between his legs, penitent, sorry. And his father welcomes him and kills the fatted calf and celebrates and puts a big robe on him and puts rings on his fingers. And then there's the other son. Why don't I get that stuff? You never right. really give me even yeah. my, my friends a goat, you know? <laughs> and here you kill the fatted calf. There's more whiners, right? I don't, I don't remember hearing it that way, yeah, but, but that's the, good. But the point is, you know, these are, these are stories about mercy and love, exactly. right? And compassion. Yeah. Yeah. And in the face of mercy, what do we do? Right. We're like, we become prideful. Right. So the, the the brother of the prodigal son, the, the, the other workers that had worked the full day, they had lost their sense of humility. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Now it's all about them and what they get. Do, don't I get more because he got this, so I should get more because I worked harder. Man, that was well played. I think you nailed it. How so? Comparing it to the barn. Yeah, the barn. It's awesome. 
Yeah, so uh, so there's like a pile of manure, you yeah. know, at uh, Dave's behind Dave's barn. Remind me, Dave, not to go to a barbecue and go out behind the barn and say, "Hey, go out in the behind the barn and get me some more <laughs> wood for the fire." Don't exactly. rem- remind me not to do that. But no, you're right. So like Dave has uh, chosen to do uh, some things on a daily basis that that add to his uh, level of humility. Well, we have a list of things that we're going to talk about on Perfect. the other side of this break that we're going to help you with humility, how to become more humble. That's what we need. In 10 easy steps, right? (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We promise it when we come back. Before we do that, I want to remind folks we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. We'd love to share your story with the whole world. That'd be fun. Right after we get back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The world has long wrestled with belief in God, belief in a supreme and loving creator who transcends all things, all spaces, and all time. And countless words of wisdom have been written through the ages by Catholic and non-Catholic thinkers alike about the meaning, importance, and construct of faith. American writer and poet Elizabeth York Case writes, There is no unbelief. Whoever plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see it push away the clod, he trusts in God. St. Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, writes, To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. If a man wishes to be sure of the road he treads on, St. John of the Cross tells us, he must close his eyes and walk in the dark. Faith, says Helen Keller, is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt writes, He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. He who loses faith loses all. St. Augustine, early father of the church, reminds us, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus himself speaks of the great power and promise of this gift of faith. He tells us, For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. As defined in our Sunday Visitor's Catholic Dictionary, faith is the first of the theological virtues. Together with hope and love, faith brings about the life of sanctifying grace in the human person. Faith is truly a gift from God. We cannot manufacture it or create it out of nothing. It is not a faucet that we can turn on or off. No, it is indeed a beautiful and precious gift given out of love to each of us from God. And by definition, because it is a gift, it must be received. And once received, it must be nurtured, tended, cared for, cultivated, and developed. Faith must be lived or it will die. It is only in living a life of faith that we are truly alive. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. I haven't changed since that break. Thankfully. Tom Dorian is here. I'm glad he's still here. Thanks for having me. And we have uh, the pile of humility out behind the barn that with we're talking Dave. about. Yeah, with Dave. Blueberry pie. No, blueberry pancake Pancakes. Dave. Yeah, and so yeah. We're, we're talking about humility. Yes, we are. Uh, and the things that we can do to increase our humility. And we have ten things. Right. We do. We, uh, we always come up with ten things. We do. So we're going to rattle through ten things here and kind of help people with increasing. You can get it done that quickly? Yeah, we can. We're going to have to. Last four or five, we may just have to rattle through. Only with humility. Yeah, with humility. There you go. And by the way, you shouldn't stand up in the room and say, you know what? I'm the most humble guy in this room. Right. And I'm 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 proud of that. I'm proud of that. (laughs) So that would be the wrong thing to do. So I will tell you this. um, Tom, every time we do a list. You know what it's going to start off with. Yeah, and this is really humbling, though. It really is. Confession. It really is. It is the most humbling thing because you're, you're basically saying... The awful things that you've done, you're you're admitting them openly to God. You're you're yeah. saying them out loud. And I think some people could be intimidated by that, but don't be. Just no. jump in and do it. And well, I guess the point is to do it is you should be. Um, you have to humble yourself. Yeah, you have to humble yourself. You right. have to look at yourself realistically mm-hmm. and assess your situation and realize I'm a sinner. That's right. Because if you go in there thinking I'm not really a sinner, or this it really isn't that bad. But I'm saying it to jump it's through some hoop. Work. It doesn't take. Mm-mm. I can just tell you it doesn't work, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Mm-mm. But a man with a penitent heart is one who is humble. That's right. And so confession is that way. It's an outward expression of what we can do. And the more we go to confession, the more humbling it is. That's right. Well, I say regularly. I don't want you to go. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been five minutes since my last confession. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's a sign of something else. Yeah. Uh, but, but I will say that to go you know, once a month or every couple of weeks or at the very least every couple of months. I yeah. know a couple of times I've slipped and went you know, two months, and, and I could tell. Mm-hmm. You look at me and go, you need to go to confession. <laughs> You're not judging me, but you can tell I'm on edge. Yeah. And so that, that's a You're a close humbling, friend you can and your family. You that's can. right. It's a humbling experience you know. to go to confession. Yep. So that's number one. Number, number two uh, is what Dave started by talking about mm-hmm. in this email that he listened to the show. Muckle barn. He, he listened. No, Darn. he listened to the show on listening. There you go. And, and the act of listening is actually it's humbling. Yeah, that is right because we want to talk. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're just trying to fill the silence. I just stopped talking. No, I'm not. I was trying to be humble. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. <laughs> it's dead air. We're going to make all it's like of these a staring contests. No, the funny thing is, all the engineers at all the stations. <laughs> We're on over 600 stations, and 600 engineers just got up out of their seat, and they put their Twinkie down and said, something's wrong. We got dead air. I'm sorry. That was not nice. But Which li- part? The silence or the Twinkie? <laughs> Listening more, though. Yes. To listen is to be humble because it's not about you, right? It's about the other. Right. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, I know, I know. You're you're listening to me. I All know right. you are. Yep. What's three? And so so number three is prayer, but it's different. It's it's not prayer just in the sense our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's nice. It's prayer. It Jesus is. taught us that prayer. Mm-hmm. But this is a kind of prayer with a disposition to be open to changing. Mm-hmm. How many times have we prayed for things that we want or desire or the way we see it needs to be fulfilled? Right? That's true. But how many times have we prayed for God's will? Yeah. Which might not be the same as ours. Lord, let me know your will. Right. And then and then more importantly, or as importantly as once you know it, help me to be open to doing it. Amen. Because that's like this idea of like we don't want to change. Change is hard for us. It's very difficult. But if you're praying to God, mm-hmm. the creator of the universe, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, 
and you were saying, hey, I know how this needs to be handled. I'm just telling you to let you in on my deal. That's not prayer. And yeah. that's not you're not open to his will. Mm-mm. But if you are praying, Lord, this is a difficult situation. What is your will? And and tear down the obstacles that I'm creating so that I can do your will. Right. Help me to change. Yep. Right? Help my unbelief. All these prayers that we say to God, they need to be done in a way where we are open to, to changing, mm-hmm. to being molded by him. Number four, take on the tough job. See, this is the this is this is where the mucking the stalls comes in. Yeah. I mean, some people have to do it if you have a farm or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and other people don't. And then, so, like, we live. The, I'm, a, I'm a city boy. Look at my hands. Not yep. a lot of calluses there, nope. right? Uh, and and the reality is, we get accustomed to not doing things the hard way or doing the work right. that needs to be done. So maybe yard work. Yeah. That we've decided we want to go ahead and pay some young man down the street 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. When it comes to the things that may take a lot of time. You Hopefully know, what, our boys aren't listening to this, by the plumbing? way. What about plumbing? Have you ever tried to like do one of those wax rings on a toilet? No. Tom, you need to. It's an experience, huh? It is. It is a humbling experience. Yeah. Because you are like face-to-face with something you don't want to be face-to-face <laughs> with. I'm just saying it's nasty, and it's just, you know, yeah. and it's something that's, there's two bolts, lift yeah. up the toilet. I have to unhook it first. I made the mistake the first time I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's a bad deal right there. <laughs> you don't want to do that. That's a whole other show. But I'm telling you, uh, when you get down there, down and dirty, as it were, yeah, it is, it's like, it's humbling. Well, you're getting in Dave, Dave world there. You're right. You know? You're exactly right. And yeah. we might think, like, that's not for me. You know, I'm not a camper. I don't like bugs. <laughs> You know, to some degree, getting out there and just sort of like being exposed to that right. or doing the, the plumbing, getting under the sink and, yeah. and putting yourself in that position. Now, certainly if you're 90 years old and you're like going, Dick and Jeff told me, you know, don't <laughs> do something you shouldn't do. You know, <laughs> water shooting. everywhere. <laughs> I came home one day and my wife was up on top of the roof and it's like, what are you doing up there? Be careful. So be careful when you're doing these these tough right. jobs. Use some common sense. Right. Don't don't think you're going to, you know. Turn the bull into something else by, uh, you know, trying this f- for the first time. Right. You know, don't do that. You know, just right. let, there might be right. some professionals need to be done there, but there are things that we capable, can do. Yeah, but there there are things it. that we can do out outside in the yard. Yeah. Planting, uh, weeding, and things like that that we sometimes easily kind of give up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those those humbling jobs. I agree. Are are good things to do. Another thing you can do. Number five we have down here is to volunteer. That's a good one. And you think about it, there's a lot of stuff that you can do at your church. You can join the men's club. Yep. And what does the men's club do? Other than like drink beer on whatever night they meet, right. uh, which might be part of the, the process. But the reality is those men's clubs are there for um, sort of serve. spiritual brotherhood, but to serve the parish. Yeah. And so when they're putting on the carnival or the spaghetti supper or whatever they're doing, they're the ones that are volunteering to show up and take the tickets to, to organize this, to bring in that thing, to move that stuff over there. Mm-hmm. And it can't be done without that volunteer work. So that's one thing at the parish. But also really popular is this room at the end thing. It's taken off everywhere where homeless people are being brought into various uh, shelters. And, and people who don't normally just get out there and volunteer are volunteering to be there to be a witness. And all you need, someone told me last night, they were talking about room at the end. They said... All you need are two ears and a pillow. Yeah. And you can, you know, you just, you're, you're, you stay overnight with them and you listen. They want to be heard. So yeah. that goes back to our number two, listening, but also just volunteering, putting yourself in that 
situation. Also, filling in those hours and uh, uh, 24-7 perpetual adoration. That's a good one. Right? There's always a couple of hours available. Wherever in your city you've got perpetual adoration, I guarantee they're looking for somebody to fill a slot. Um, Okay, here's number six. Do a good deed and don't mention it. No credit allowed. Mm -hmm. I mean, when's the last time you did something and you specifically made sure it was anonymous? Yeah, we don't do that enough. I want to tell you about a few of them, but I can't. Otherwise, they won't be anonymous anymore. That's right. And I guess the whole point of that is this is a way in which you can do something that that benefits the kingdom, that builds up the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be faithfully. It can be simply buying somebody's meal at a restaurant and yeah. not letting them know it. And then you not going home and saying, guess what I did today. Yeah. Right? And, and the important thing there is that that helps with our humility when we do those things because we're not feeding off of the uh, of the, the the joy of having people know that we did something good. Right. I mean, everyone loves a good pat on the back, right? Mm-hmm. But if that's the reason we're doing things, well, that that's the opposite of humility. That becomes pride, and yeah. it can become prideful very easily. Yeah. I think God gives us affirmations when we need them, but it's really good for us to do things uh, that benefit others for the good of the other, mm-hmm. and not to gain any kind of credit for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that that really is a, a good thing you do. Number seven. This one's hard. Mm-hmm. Do what your spouse suggests without discussion or argument. Hmm. Nah, that's hard. He says, hmm. That's what most guys listening to this right now say. Hmm. <laughs> I was with him all the way up until he said, "Listen exactly. to her without arguing." It's hard to do. It is. Listen to her. L- listen to your wife. Yeah. Right. Hear what she has to say, and and then do it. Now, not on everything, but right. but try it more often. That's going to help with your humility. Yep. Deny yourself those creature comforts. Okay. Yeah. Take some cold showers. Right. All right. To, uh, use only have only water to drink. That's what I'm okay. doing during Lent. Oh, but that's good. What if that's what you did a lot? Sleep on the floor. Ooh. Now you start to feel like Saint Francis of Assisi. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to help humble you. The Franciscan friars right? the renewal. So then number nine, forgive others. It's humbling because Very we pray that in the Our Father. We do. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. So yeah. if you forgive others, the Lord will forgive you. It's true. But it helps to forgive others, and that humbles us. Yep. Right? And then number 10, guess what? It's confession. <laughs> so number ends. one is confession. Number 10 is confession. Because after ends. you've done all that stuff, you're going to need to go to confession again. Yeah. So here's 10 easy ways to build up humility in your life. It's perfect. To become the man or the woman that God is calling you to be. Thank you, Dave. To be more humble. Thanks, Dave, for, for that, that horse manure that led us to humility, <laughs> led you to humility, and hopefully leading all those who are listening to a life of humility, tearing down that pride, allowing that God would come into our lives and change who we are. Amen. Let's ask our Blessed Mother's intercession. Let's do it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com, where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, 
and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. <laughs>